This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport Mark McMahon, Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen and Blues Writer Will Rooney to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show... We ask, is this the most toxic atmosphere there's ever been at Pompey? As the anger grows towards Kenny Jacket. What really is the picture over his future? What are the board thinking? How long did he have left? Is it time the players stood up and delivered for their manager as he faces the brunt of fan flag? And is it time for a change at Burton? Does Andy Cannon start as an eight? Should Ellis Harrison start? All this and more on this week's podcast. We're now available on Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. So give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition delivered to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk. Those of you who are watching us on video will see that for the first time in quite a while, all four of us are in situ. It's got nothing to do with Kenny Jackett's situation. We just all happen to be in, and Jordan Cross has not taken a week's holiday. So, fully staffed. I thought I'd, I thought I'd join the Bay and Lynch mob that's going to be this podcast for the next <laughs> however long I expect. Yes, you can't. Don't, don't. Yeah, there's nothing nothing to do with Kenny Jackett, and, and there's no connection whatsoever, purely down to full staffing rotors. But that doesn't mean to say we're not going to speak about Kenny Jackett, because that is the topic of the week of the month of the past few months so we may as well tackle it um jordy i'll start with you bear in mind that you are the one who broke the news on monday that kenny jacket is going nowhere name your source first and foremost <laughs> name my source hp 50s Nice bit of ketchup. Actually, I used I had some Thai Thai chili dip. I had a nice KFC on Tuesday. That was a really good good, uh, good sauce with that. Actually, good dipping sauces. Thank you. Next question. Indeed, indeed. No, okay. So yeah, you were the one that broke the story that Kenny Jacket is going nowhere. Um, I'm not going to ask you is that the right or wrong decision, but do you want to reveal um what you know then? Well, it's just uh, I can give an insight into the, the thinking behind it. Um, I guess the starting point really for, for me is not so much about that, but it's just about the, you know, the, the backdrop of the toxicity around the, uh, the, the club at the moment, born out of the Wigan performance. And for me, it definitely, media, fans, everyone around the club, it, it, the uh, strength of feeling against Kenny definitely ramps up a couple of notches off the back of the weekend. Um, uh, you know, the people that have been against Kenny for a long while... Um, the people that are uh, extreme in their thoughts on him have maintained their position. But there's been a lot of reason people uh, putting some really eloquent um, assessments down, Guy Whittenham included, 
on the situation. And then there's been people that have been in support of Kenny that have said now this is a tipping point. So the anger is unprecedented for me. Uh, but the club don't see fit to make that decision at this moment. Um, a number of reasons for that. Um, I'll go to the one that's causing a bit of controversy first. Um, and it didn't probably get picked up as much as it should have done in the, in the immediacy of this story. But the club feel that it's too early in the season to make the decision at the moment. Um, now, Pompey fans in response to that said, hold on, Kenny's had three seasons, two playoff failures. What, what the heck are you talking about there? Well... Whether you agree with it or not, they made the decision after Oxford, and there's you know a lot of people have got opinions about whether Kenny should have been sacked after the Oxford game. Uh, they made the decision to stick with him, and then three games in the season, if they do make the decision now, they they would probably view that as a knee jerk response, which is not what they want to be associated with, especially after backing Kenny to continue with building the squad. But probably the stronger reason, undoubtedly, is the backdrop of the finances, which we all we all know about um, with COVID, the the, the problems there. The fact that Pompey are losing three quarters of a million pounds a month, which now tops five million pounds. Um, and it puts them in a position where, sadly, they, they might be in a, uh, making redundancies moving forward, which is not a threat. It's a, a sad reality, unfortunately. So uh, the, 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 the way I keep coming back to it is how can they align with paying Kenny, Kenny Jacket up now at this point, circa £400,000, which has obviously been mooted a lot that figure this week uh, you know plus probably backroom staff how does that align with um, making people uh, redundant it doesn't a counter argument to that has been well why are Pompey spending uh, what surely they knew this was coming well they, they didn't know this was coming they were planning for fans to be returning um, when they were um, planning and paying £200,000 for Callum Johnson not, not too long ago um, and they're now in a position where they could be without fans through the turnstiles for the next six months. So that that's that's kind of a brief outline of the situation, I guess. There's a lot more nuances to that, and a, and a, a lot of other angles, which I guess we we all got knowledge on and can pursue, you know, pursue now. Really, Neil, three games in the season against three clubs that you'd expect Pompey to pick up nine points against. If Pompey aren't performing in those games, what hope is there then between now? What what hope is there that things are going to pick up? I suppose you look at last season, really, where Pompey was struggling dreadfully at one stage, weren't they? And then they they recovered without signing any players. They recovered, didn't they? And uh, <clears throat> to the point of where they, they were fourth when the season closed and ended up being fifth. Um, but we've watched the games. People have seen it on iFollow. And the performance have been terrible. Simple as that. Against teams who most likely would finish in the bottom half of the table. Um Wigan, unless they can get some takeover, which looks like it's going through now, perhaps they might rally a little bit. But this isn't a hard start. Last year, Pompey lost at Sunderland very early on. Tough game. Rochdale away, Shrewsbury at home, and Wigan in total disarray, struggling for players at home. They're not hard games. And Pompey picked up two points. There's, uh, I mean, I think, I, think, I think everyone acknowledges there's nothing to get positive there. There's nothing to be positive about in that situation. But they're not going to be in a relegation battle. No way will Pompey be in a relegation battle. I know some people are concerned that they will be, but they also said that last season. It's not going to happen. But Pompey need to push for promotion, whether the playoffs or automatic spots. And at the moment, they don't look like that. But, I'm sure we'll debate this next, they have the ability there in that squad. For me, without any doubt whatsoever, and they have an experienced 
stable, solid manager who can get them in the top six. So that's what you're looking at. But at the moment, there's there's too many players not showing up. There's not good goals going in. Uh, players look disinterested. Um, it's not good enough. It really is not good enough. And I know the manager gets all the stick, but it's about time the players got some stick as well. Because Definitely. It's about time they, I know John, John Marker took responsibility the day before putting a tweet out, uh, which was good to see. But players have to take responsibility because you can't keep blaming the manager. It's down to players as well. And if they're not putting it in, it's, it's their fault. Well, we're told that continuity was the key this season. There was no need for ripping up the, the playing squad. There's been a few additions, but again, the majority of that squad was the squad that we had last season. Uh, what do you put it down to? And have the players all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but have the players stopped playing for the manager? You're right, because when, when Jacket was sacked, he, he made a big... Oh, not sacked, sorry. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's, next, that's next week's one. <laughs> I don't know. When, when people were, were calling for, for Jacket to be sacked, um, you know, the, the line from the club was, and Jacket himself, was that um, a lot of players are coming to the second year, the likes of Marquez, Harrison, Harness, Raggett, people who know the club, and there was a bit of confidence that Pompey could hit the ground running and I, I know Mark rightly you said on after the, after the game that Pompey haven't, haven't started with this big gust of wind that they need to it's been it's it started with, with a whimper again and that's the most frustrating thing you know there hasn't been wholesale wholesale changes over the summer and you're waiting for Pompey to click together they should have been clicking together really and for me it's just so disappointing attacking wise there's just no cohesion whatsoever when they're going forwards, they just, they, you know, Wigan were cobbled together in, in very quickly to get a side out this season, but it looked like Pompey on Saturday, the way they were going forwards, they just look like a team, it just looks a little a little bit stale to me at the minute, things just don't look inspiring, it just looks like they're in a lull, they're going through the motions, and, you know, they need a spark, they need to have a, someone to come in and change it, a real, a real game changer, a a player, whether that's maybe Michael Jacobs can do that in time, or whether it's a, a central midfielder, I'm sure we'll get on to of the ilk of Ben Thompson who can really like the touch paper to, to Pompey season, but at the minute, everything, we've used it so often stale's the way to describe it and players the likes of Roland Curtis and Marquez who you'd expect to be performing to, to high levels, just, just aren't doing it this season, who can, who can you give credit to so far this, this season? Jack Watmore's obviously mm. done very well. Apart from that, you, you're struggling really to, to really point out someone who, who's come out with, with any credit. So, yeah, this week going to Burton, it's just if, if things need to change quick, and you're right, the players need to start taking responsibility because if you were a manager, if say you were a manager and, and, and you know someone said to you, right, you can go and manage any League One team, any squad, look through all the squads, I guarantee a lot of them would say, I'll go and manage Portsmouth, look at that, they've got mm. an abundance of talent there. and Unfortunately, they're just not not cutting it at the minute. Have Pompey got an abundance of talent, Jordy? Uh, uh, is this squad as good as what we actually believe it is, or are players? <laughs> what what is what's your assessment of the actual player yeah, squad at the moment? It's a good, it's a good squad for the level. Um, it's been assembled on a sort of four fifth plus highest budget in the in the division, and I think that's that's where where Pompey are at the moment in terms of in terms of level of, of ability there's enough to be in contention 
this isn't a new project. This isn't one that's just been, as Will said, you know, like we're going to just been cobbled together. There should be better understandings on that pitch now than what we're seeing. We should see a better understanding, even in, in the infancy from the, the playoffs at the end of last season, through to now from Bryn Morris and Tom Naylor. There should be better understandings up front with the, uh, the quartet, working with John Marcus, who at the moment is in you know, a poor run of form in front of goal. When you're not contrib- contributing elsewhere, then that, that, that stands out somewhat more. And when you're giving dissenting arm-waving and, and, and frustrating s- signals, that then exacerbates the situation further. Um, th- there should be more cohesion to the team than, than what we're seeing at the moment. Now, I guess for me, you're focusing on three areas at the moment. We all know the areas, but, but the certainly two of the areas, the, the midfield. Naylor and Morris hasn't worked so far. I know that uh, Morris has been coming in for a lot of criticism. They're too similar. They need something different there. And and Ken, I think that they, they, Kenny Jackett and the club and the board realise that and they're, they're going to try and address that situation. Now, up front, playing slightly devil's advocate to the, the, the criticism of, and the Jackett, Jackett out um, argument, Kenny Jackett can't legislate for John Marcus missing the chances that he has done in recent games, particularly at Rochdale. It, that, that's not Kenny Jackett's fault. That, 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 that's the player. And John Marcus is capable, he's shown he's capable of, of, of doing better than that. And elsewhere, I think, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a person that comes under criticism, but Lee Brown, he was, he was conspicuous by his absence last week. Pompey need men. They need men that are going to stand up and fight for the cause. There's not enough of them showing that at the moment. There's not enough leaders on that pitch. And, and, and Lee Brown is one of those. He wouldn't have stood for what happened last week. And there were too many people that are happy... To, to let that game go by. They didn't care about the outcome. They were happy to just go and do their thing, um, play for themselves, not play for the cause. When things were going wrong, when passes were going astray, they were just going to put out dissenting signals instead of encouraging and getting the team back on course. And that's what P. Pompey need now. They need men to stand up and get this football club going in the right direction on the pitch. Neil, is there a lack of characters in the Pompey team? <laughs> Well, you always compare it to that team that, that won the League <coughs> 2 title. Dressing room full of men, experienced players. And Pompey have never really replicated that, have they? Um, you know, Pittman was never the right captain for me. And, uh, and, and they've always struggled in that department. Uh, Tom Naylor, massively respected by the players. He's captain at the moment. But there needs to be more leaders, as Jordan says, in the team. But there's so much wrong with that team at the moment. You see Marcus consistent player as the lone striker. It doesn't work. He is not a lone striker. He has not got the attributes of a lone striker in this system that Kenny Jackett prefers to play. It doesn't work. And I'm afraid when Ellis Harrison came in for his 34 minutes, he gave the best display I've seen from a striker this season (coughs) already. So Ellis Harrison has to start up front. He fits that structure, that formation, better than John Marquis. We know John Marquis would do better in a different system, a different formation, uh, even a different club, but it doesn't suit him. He cannot do what Ellis Harrison does, what Ollie Hawkins did before him. That's not him. He cannot do those things, but he can finish. So for a start, change the striker. And, and Harrison has to start. He really does. He's, he's, he, the idea was he was brought into the club to give them what Hawkins does with a bit more mobility. And um, he's not got the goals, so that is a concern. But that's a whole different debate. The fact that Pompey Strikers have got 14 lean goals in 70 games between them. 
It's appalling. But the wingers are scoring. So Pompey got issues up front completely. Um, and then say so you can go back to the midfield. For me, the defence is OK. But there's all these issues and it's still a problem now. And they should be sorted before the end of the season. Did, uh, where to put John Marquis? Did, we know where not to put him. But was it... Was it Marcus and Harrison as a strike force that did so well um, at the tail end of that wing game, or do you? So is it a change in formation, or do you simply replace Marcus for Harrison in that four-two-three-one system? Well, if Jacket wants to keep the four-two-three-one, which he he prefers, Paul Cup preferred that system as well. He didn't like changing it. Managers like systems; they trust them. And in fairness to Jacket, this system has brought him ninety victories as a Pompey manager, so he trusts it. If he wants to play that system with one up front, he can't play Marquis. If he wants to change it and play two up front, by all means, put Marquis alongside Harrison. We'll see how they do. But it doesn't work with Marquis, and he's stuck with him. Um, Marquis played more games than anyone else last season. He's stuck with him. It's not working in that system. I'm not saying it won't work at all for Marquis, but not in that system. So Jack has to decide. Does he rip up his, his tried and tested formula and put two up in there? And don't mess around putting Marquis as the number 10. That doesn't work either. If he wants two strikers, put them alongside each other. Because again, you're putting Marquis in places where he's not as good. Well, we've touched on uh, the forward departments. Clearly, it's not firing as we would like. But we've also then mentioned the midfield. Mm-hmm. Is that midfield good enough? Is that midfield strong enough to be to make Pompey a, a serious contender this season? I think Josie hit the nail on the head. Morris and Naylor are very similar players, aren't they? All right, Naylor's probably a little bit more of a ball winner, a bit more of a shielder, and Morris is better on the ball. But for the main, they're both deep-lying midfielders, and there's no-one there who can come out and drive with the ball and get things going and start a quick attack or thread a pass through. I think with Morris, obviously, he's, come, he's still probably finding his groove a little bit. Um, let's yeah. not forget he was out for 14 months but Neil is yeah. the established member isn't he I know he didn't play in the playoffs for, for Jacket's reasons that he got a lot of criticism for but Jacket's uh, Neil is the captain the leader the established player I can't see him dropping Tom Neil this 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 season really um, it's, it's going into autumn now anyway so exactly right. yeah it's starting to, it's starting to get a little bit cold at night I've started to put my heating on a little bit so we know that uh, uh, Tom Neil don't you two start <laughs> come on but any, anyway back to it they should be making jokes about they should be making jokes about Craig McGilvery being played up front <laughs> oh, anyway cheap back shot. to it we've not heard that before yeah but yeah with, with Morris he just he hasn't done quite enough yet and when you need you, the one thing that at least Ben Close brings, which we talked about before, is goals and is it time for a change? Potentially, yeah, because we know Close can get forwards a little bit more, but we know that Pompey want a new midfielder. There's someone who probably looking at a classic number eight, really. Someone, yeah. I know we keep banging on about it, about Ben Thompson, someone who can win the ball and do the dirty work, but can also get forwards and contribute in the final third as well. I think that's what we need, someone who's got the ability to do both, take the game by the scruff of the neck, get his foot in and just, just be that, that central midfielder who's who's willing to do the dirty work but who's willing to to be a little bit brave going forwards as well. I know Morris has had a couple of cracks on goal but his radar has been well off hasn't it so far this season. Generous. Well off. Um, but yeah, Pompey just need that inspiration in the middle of the park. But it is, it, again, it's worrying that we thought it was the number 10 role and now we're going, well, is a central midfield? If... If the central midfield, if a new central midfielder comes in and doesn't remedy it, then what are we going to blame it on? Then are we going to blame it on the striker, yeah. or 
Yeah. Then we've got to start looking at something deeper in the squad. Then after that, if we get if Pompey get a new midfielder and it doesn't change things, then I, I think we need to start looking deeper into into the into the, uh, the problem. It's like whack a mole, yeah. isn't it? Whack a mole. You know, you bang one mole up and another pops up. <laughs> Will, Will, you've absolutely nailed it there for me. I was going to make the point. We can look at we can look at formations and, and, and tactics, but for me, the, the key things that stood out is the urgency with, from the players within within that formation. Rochdale, it was missing for 45, you could probably even say 60 minutes before the late charge when they actually did perform very well. Last Saturday, they actually ironically started well for 15 minutes, mm. but then completely lost their way and the confidence just evaporated from the team and it was allowed to evaporate. Um, then, So that's one part of it with, with the leadership. Before, by, oh, by the way, I must add that a late, late charge where they performed well again on, on Saturday, but you can't be doing this for, for you know going missing for an hour in games. So that that that, that is probably... A, a key element of it for me that you know you've got to look at the character within that that the players need to sort of step up within the framework of that game and and, and show the right leadership to uh, to perform the right mentality to come through through these games. It's the players that need to step up first and foremost for me, rather than looking at blaming formations. Although we can put that as an element of it, I think that's the major factor. Well, Johnny, just I've got I've got I've got a suggestion. You, you mentioned about the players being pepped up um, in those periods. It coincided with Andy Cannon being introduced, didn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Jacket doesn't think Andy Cannon is a holding midfielder in that role, but why not give him a go mm. there? Because we know he can carry the ball exceptionally well. I mean, I think he's regarded as one of Pompey's best dribblers and um, and players that are running with the ball. So why can't we have him in there alongside Naylor, yeah. trying to keep that tempo up, which he does, driving the team forward with his runs? He doesn't get an assist, and doesn't get for me. He doesn't get an assist or goals to be played further forward. But in that system, why not play alongside Naylor and try, in the engine room and try and give them that fizz which they they lack a lot of the time. Um, uh, Morris Morris's game isn't running with the ball, but Cannon can do that. And although it might make them a little more weak defensively in those midfield two, it will give them more urgency and tempo coming forward. Surely, so uh, for me. Put Cannon in there. Otherwise, where are you ever going to play Cannon? Yeah, Will, Will, you've been championing that for quite a while now, haven't you? Yeah, I, I think Cannon's by his own admission. He, he knows he hasn't scored enough goals and assists. And you're right, Neil. I, th- I think the energy that he brings, he's just someone who can bring the ball out. And if you have him on the front foot, then do you need to be as defensive then? If you're going to be seeing more of the ball? Like, it's like a Paul Cook system. He, he, he preached having the ball a lot and that's why he'd be able to put Gareth Evans in at, at, at right-back, etc. And have Ben Davis flying up the wing because if you've got more of the ball, then surely you don't need enough as much defensive cover. I mean, I was listening to... I know it's a different, different chasms, like, but I was watching analysis from Canada on, on Liverpool and he was saying, like, when Liverpool press, they know they're going to get done once or twice now and again. They're so confident that... They're not going to often, then they take that risk. And it's the same if you play Cannon. If you are happy to have more of the ball yet now and again, you're probably going to get it on the counter-attack. But if you've got someone like Naylor in there who's covering, and if you're playing maybe Brown over Pring, you know, he's going to cover a little bit more. And then mm-hmm. maybe if you bring Nicol Eisen and he might have a bit more mobility than, say, a Sean Ragger to, to stop a counter-attack. If you do that, then then you can play that system. And, yeah, I, th- I don't think Jackett should go away from his, his, his 4 2 free one because... It has brought some success, but I definitely think they just need a little bit more. You're right, Neil, fizz and, and energy in there. Jordy, if Cannon's not the solution, and Pompey, do you need to go in and buy a new midfielder? 
this is a two oh. two pronged question. One is our budget there that's going to bring in a player that is actually just going to come in and stamp his authority on that third team, and two is there a desire from behind the scenes to trust Jacket to get the man to do this here. I think there's um, a greater desire to do that than to uh, go through the upheaval of, of changing the manager. Um, just just the vibe that I got this week. Uh, um, there definitely would be a desire to go out and look within the, the confines of obviously the two and a half million pound budget that, that Pompey have got whether that would be a loan or permanent I think they've got money to spend if, 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 to a degree but it, you know not to the length obviously you could go and buy a player that they think can make a difference or you can pay up to a million million and a half pound to change a manager go and get another manager and, and change all the backroom staff I think they'd probably look at focusing on trying, trying to back the manager Certainly for now on, on that front. So um, the midfielder is, is the, um, the key, the, the right dynamism for, for them. And I think that's where they're focused, whether it be alone. Obviously, they've got rid of Gareth Evans now. Um, need some clarity about whether Rico Hackett Fairchild would count towards the budget. We were talking about this with Mark Catlin a couple of weeks ago. So there is, they have freed up some space. Um, and then, yeah, they just now to go, need to go and identify the right person to... Uh, to make that change and hopefully add for that, but you've got to look at what's within. I think you, I think we, I think both Neil and Will are bang on with Cannon. Um, that that needs to be like look, look at what you've got in house and don't go get in this culture of we just need to every time there's a problem go out and get the change of play. You know, change all the time for change's sake. We've got to look at the players that are there to to step up, and then sadly, I mean, it's been an area. Then then you do have to say you have to look deeper. As Will absolutely nailed it. We we I've written about two months ago about uh, fractures in the dressing room that need repairing. Um, I'm sure we talk about Gareth Evans. We can come back to that. He factors into into that area as well. You need to look at are these players prepared to go out there and 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 put in the required shift for their manager, or are they happy just to go out there and shrug their shoulders and say and play for themselves? This this is this is the greater crux of it rather than than talk about turnover of players because the players are good enough there to certainly be in a playoff stroke promotion battle. Neil, if, if Cannon is overlooked, again, Jordy's touched on it, what, what does that mean for his future? What does it mean for his morale? Like, He's already struggled in that aspect after being left out for long periods last season. Would this just be the final nail in the coffin for him then? Yeah, he was frustrated last year because uh, he's over his injury problems. It's been quite clear. Um, but he's, he's always in and out of the side, isn't he? And he does make an impact when he's in the side. Um, and it, but he's never really been given a run, and and again he comes back to the point with, with Cannon, and um, you could argue with Marquis as well. They've signed these players, Cannon and Marquis, but they don't know where to put them. Mm-hmm. Cannon um, apparently impressed Pompey playing at right back, but nonetheless they they signed him as a midfielder because he is a midfielder. But they don't want to play him in a two, they don't want to play him as a ten. He's not a winger. Where, where does he fit in? He's not a fullback. I, I don't. What? Why sign these players and then shoehorn them into a system that they don't necessarily sparkle in, and then take them out? So, so, so Cannon, Cannon would, would would work well in a four-four-two, as one of the two in the middle, but it doesn't quite work in this way. And um, I do feel sorry for him because he gives everything. He makes an impact. He always lifts Pompey when he comes onto the pitch. And also, I know it's a source of concern or annoyance from him. He's always taken off when he starts games. <laughs> really annoys him. <laughs> even if it's a, even if it's like a few seconds from the end, he, he, he doesn't like it because he wants to prove that he can do ninety minutes. Um, but that's most players that used to wind their hell out of Gareth Evans as well, and 
and Ollie Hawkins, who always knew they'd be taken off after 60 minutes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, where do you put Andy Cannon? And then I think it's time to give him a run of games alongside Naylor. Because Morris had a run of games, Ben Close had a run of games, mm. of course, over a few seasons. Just do something different Saturday, because they need a spark from somewhere. Because this cannot go on for the sake of Jacket and the Pompey fans and this season. Well, we all know that Jacket does have a ruthless streak, but at the same time too, he's very pragmatic. Do, do, you, do, do you anticipate on, on Burton, at Burton on Saturday... Three or four changes to that starting lineup, or would he just give it the, the guys that he has the faith in, which aren't obviously doing the job for him? Would he give them another go? Yeah, first and foremost, I think Lee Brown does and has to come back into the team. Um, I think, uh, as Neil and Jordy touched upon, he's a leader, he's someone who can embolden Pompey now. They need those sorts of players, they need someone who, if they're not pulling the weight, they need he needs. To give to give someone a role, and he will. He, he's not scared to do that. He could he, he couldn't care less about doing that. He knows that he's not someone who plays for himself. He's someone who very much plays for the team. And I know he gets criticism, etc. But defensively, he's very good. And get forward. He's he's not as bad as some people think. I know that he's not a he's not a scintillating fullback, is he? Who's a Steve Seddon type, but he does enough, and he has a good relationship with Kers. I think that's one that, that could change. Centre midfield, will Jacker feel he needs to, to bring it in? Defensively, will he feel, is it time to bring Nicol Eisen in? Possibly, possibly give Pompey a little bit more balance. Jacker talks about that going forwards. Thinks that he can start attacking-wise better. And then you look at the striker as well, Ellis Harrison. Yeah, I, find, I, I think that... Uh, is that Neil's Is that your hairy knee again, Neil? <laughs> I think, I think it's, I just... it's, it's my pussy. It's my pussy. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. You're lovely looking. Cat. He wants to play midfield for Pompey. I think we should we should explain it in our regular Zoom calls. I, I, we, we do we do I, often I, see this hairy knee emerging into this camera I, I, into the shot. I, I thought Neil was laughing. I be thinking, what the hell is he going on about here? And I just seen his tail over the camera. <laughs> but no, so sorry, welcome. So yeah. He, I could see Jack making three or four changes to be honest with you. So striker left back, possibly centre half midfields. Do you pursue with Curtis or do you give Jacobs a go on the on the left and maybe put someone in the ten as well? Because Curtis hasn't really impressed so far. So yeah, a lot for, for Jack to to, uh, to think about. He won't want to rip it up too much, but maybe people need to have a bomb up them and realise that they are not as not, they're not bigger than the club and they need to stop playing for themselves. Jordan, I hate asking this question. Burn in mind that we know that Jacket is going to be given a wee bit of time. But, if Pompey get, is this a must-win game for Pompey on Saturday? Uh-huh. Um, I think I think the, it's not must-win in the way that I think the kind of... If they were to lose, what, was, what, would, to, what would change? What, what would, the fans are kind of defined in their mindset with, with Kenny Jacket now. Um, I, I'm struggling to find, literally struggling to find a fan... Um, after looking at using social media the people that I know as friends and the people I speak to in my job and speak to around Pompey I'm struggling to find anyone that, that's saying keep Kenny so I don't think anything's going to change on that um, have you got your cat in there now? it's my dog my dog sits on my feet <laughs> all the time and they used to say that he scratch himself now <laughs> um, so yeah I, I don't see how that's that's going to change off it just it would just entrench the mood more um they need they desperately need to get the season going they need the spark of course they do and they need to they need to get get the get the campaign on going but the, the vibe that I'm getting and um I think Will's picked up on this is 
that if things weren't, if Pompey were at the bottom end of the table, which I find pretty unlikely, no matter how bad people think it is, at the, at the start of November, then I think they may be persuaded to act. You've got eight games, I think, believe it is, in October that are going to be very eight and very important games. So I wouldn't say mm. it's a must-win. I'd say it's a massive month of football coming up to, to decide how the season's going to pan out and quite possibly how Kenny, Kenny Jackett's future will, will pan out. Otherwise, I believe that it would probably go the length of the season when his contract runs out. If Pompey were to fail to get promoted, then naturally... Kenny Jacket would depart. I think there would be a you know of just a handshake. Okay, I haven't succeeded and and, and off. Uh, I see the only way that things change in the in the in the in, in the uh, interim would be um, desperate run of form through October and Pompey at the wrong end of the table come come the start of November. Neil, we're less than a minute left, but last word for you. At the minute, do you look forward to going to cover Pompey? Are you enjoying the experience or each game are you going? Oh my God, here we go again. Yeah, because it's just nice to be out of the house, isn't it? <laughs> Having football to watch. We, we went for so long for not watching football. It's just nice to be able to go to games again, be in that environment. Um, obviously, the games aren't the greatest. They're, they're te- pretty terrible, to be honest. And they weren't the greatest in the playoffs either. But it's just nice to be out and about covering football matches again and, uh, and along for the day when everyone also had that opportunity. Because I know a lot of fans don't want to go, but a lot of fans do because we, we love going and watching football. So, uh, hopefully... That will happen soon in the club's finances can have a boost from fans through the gates. Right, so that's a no. You're not enjoying going to watch Pompey at the moment. I think that... Of course, I said I am. No, you said you just want to get out of the house. get out there. just want to get out of the house. We're getting out there watching games. Leaving the house. We're not allowed out of the house. We're watching games. Neil is not enjoying watching Pompey at the moment, so we'll leave it at that there. Have we not spoken... Before we go, Gareth Evans, I miss you. We haven't spoken about Gareth Evans. Gareth, I miss you so much. You're right, Jordy. We do all miss Garve Evans, but unfortunately, we've run out of time for this week. It's maybe someone we'll touch on again in the next podcast. But until now, yes, we need to wrap it up. So thank you all for listening. And for those of you who are watching on video, we thank you too. See you all again soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more.